Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. All right, I spoke to Omar Al-Gabra this morning, who's uh, Canada's federal transportation minister, about all these new uh, testing rules they brought in, tra- new travel restrictions. A lot of confusion out there, yeah. including, like, I'm already getting emails from people from the listeners saying, like, I was at YVR last night, and I saw people who were, were not being tested, mm-hmm. and some people were. So the rule is, if you're arriving into Canada from, uh, internationally, internationally, you must get tested at the airport now. Unless, we're, unless you're coming from the United States, in which there's still an exemption for the United States. But that, so I asked him about that, and he said, look, we're ramping, we're ramping this up to 100%. It's not 100% immediate. Here's, here's exactly what he told me. So here he is talking about building capacity to test everybody. Right now, we are ramping up to be able to test everyone. Perhaps not every single person is tested as we speak, but we've ramped yeah. up the testing to as much as we can, and we will be te- getting to a point in the coming days where we test everyone. Yeah, so I'm just looking at an email I got from listener Carol, who's just sent me another email here. Carol, thank you for listening. And she's she's pointing out that, you know, she was at YVR. She got tested. Other people did not get tested. So what's, what's up with that? There's a lot of skepticism from the B.C. government over the federal government's ability to handle this. And there's, there's been skepticism to the feds when it comes to border issues and travel right from the beginning. If you go back to March 2020 when this thing began, the feds shut down all the airports and they opened up. I think it was Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto were the only international airports. But they basically abdicated the responsibilities for for weeks and handed it over to the provincial governments to handle a lot of responsibilities at these airports. So the the B.C. government had to second a number of employees from government ministries to work uh, at airports. Uh, and now I, and so there's been skepticism about the Fed's real commitment here of resources to manage what is a, potentially a mammoth task. We don't have a lot of international travelers right now, but that's expected to increase significantly as you know countries change their rules, vaccinations, um, the impact of vaccination, high vaccination rates start to kick in. So yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a spotty, inconsistent application of these new confusing rules. Okay, we also talked about the travel bans that have been brought in. They've expanded the list of countries now to 10 African countries. So if you've been in any of those countries in the last 14 days, you'd be required to isolate. There's a travel ban for travel from, from these countries. And I asked him about that because there's been criticism of that as well, including from the Secretary General of the United Nations, who said that this is it's unfair, unproductive, and not effective to bring in these bans on individual countries or regions. So I, I asked Al Gabra about that, the federal transportation minister. Here's what he said to me. Get your thoughts. First of all, I want to thank South Africa and their scientists for uh, detecting this variant and sharing the information with the rest of the world. It's incumbent on all of us, if we want to end this pandemic, that we end it everywhere. And we need to work with countries like South Africa and others to help them uh, eradicate this virus everywhere. But second, Mike, is that like every country, when we are given information, when we have access to information, we need to act upon it to do everything we can to protect the health and safety of Canadians. Okay, I thought they're. I think they're worried about being accused of 
not not acting quickly enough as they were in the past. But. Yeah, they, they remember they were slow to close the border between right. the U.S. and Canada. They got heavy criticism from the uh, from the provinces, particularly B.C., because of that. Uh, interesting, the World Health Organization last week issued a statement. They didn't think tra- uh, travel bans were that effective. Yeah. That yeah. really the, the goal here is vaccinations. Uh, now, South Africa and those African countries, uh, for a number of reasons, not all entirely their fault, have low vaccination rates. Yeah. Um, that Again, some of the more developed countries have uh, purchased more vaccines than these than poorer countries. And so you're seeing, I think, vac- low vaccination rates tied to the rationale for travel bans. But as I've been saying since day one, this is all a constantly changing situation. And so the rules today will be different than the rules a month from now, I bet. Uh, travel bans will be revisited or they'll be extended. Uh, they may be uh, applied to other countries. But it'll be interesting with, to see if travel bans are extended to European countries as the Omicron variant starts to grow in numbers at exponential rates, um, we don't know. The other thing that could change is this exemption they have right now for the United States. So this testing at the airport rule is for all countries except the United States right now. I asked Al Gabra about that, and he said, well, that could change too. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the, the U.S. has its own own restrictions that you must be tested before flying to the United States within within one day. One day. And Canada is three days now. It's one day. When Canada is still three days. Yeah. So so the states is one day. We're three days. I asked him about that too. I mean, is that consistent? All the, like you said, all of this could change. And I think the Omicron variant, the emergence of the Omicron variant, which uh, we don't know a lot about yet, but according to some of the analysis that's coming out, it is more infectious, more transmissible, but it's it's milder uh, potentially than Delta, but perhaps not. We don't know. It's early days on that, so that could change everything. And we're not talking just about travel. If we see the Omicron variant sort of explode in numbers uh, and lead to increased hospitalizations, all sorts of things are on the table. Okay, I received a lot of emails from listeners on this topic over the last day or so, so get set to call me up on that uh, after the break. Uh, Abbotsford Mayor Henry Braun here, uh, getting a lot of kudos for his handling of the flooding in in his community. Here he is getting a little emotional, talking about the end of one of the evacuation orders. Have a listen. As the first step in implementing our return home plan, I am lifting the evacuation order for for the north area of Sumas Prairie effective immediately. I have friends up there, so I'm I'm glad to see them go back. Okay, I had this. He was on the show last week. Your yeah. thoughts? Well, he's he's emerged as a, a really effective leader. Yeah. Uh, in this crisis, it's interesting. We don't we don't you know won't pay a lot of attention to agriculture necessarily in the news cycle. It's not a hot button issue, but. Uh, the loss of all that livestock and animals and crops and, and the impact that's having potentially on food supply has made agriculture suddenly top of mind for many people. And Henry Braun has uh, shone, I think, in this crisis. Also, you know, I have to give kudos to Agriculture Minister Lana Popham, who I think has really been effective in her uh, communications, visiting the farmers. Um, again, it's interesting. Ian Payton from the BC Liberal Caucus, I heard him on with you. I mean, there's a real yeah. personal connection there in the agriculture community. In this crisis, with people and, and farmers and and their and their livestock, yeah, it's going to be a long recovery too. So it's long nice to, recovery. Nice to see that evacuation order lifted for part of that region. But man, for some of these farms, like we talked about last week, if you got a blueberry farm that's under eight, several feet, eight of water, feet of water with oh, one of them, I just don't know how these, some of these uh, survive. Again, this is going to be in the news for some time. This is not an easy recovery or a quick one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, some some farms may be able to get back up and running quickly, like a dairy farm that didn't get flooded out as bad as some of the other ones. They might be up and running again 
you know, in a matter of weeks. Well, but others could be shut down for a long time. And you have to wonder whether this is, you know, increasing the view that this is not a one-in-a-hundred-year event. This could be a regular type of thing. And so it's one thing to raise the dikes. Interesting piece in the Vancouver Sun today about um, you, at the end of the day, you can't really control rivers. They control you. Okay, BC chiropractors and uh, some of them expressing opposition to mandatory vaccination. And Health Minister Adrian Dix was asked about that. Here he is making it, making it clear about the rules as they apply to chiropractors. Have a listen. I think that uh, the chiropractic community has demonstrated its support overall for vaccination, albeit there there's obviously uh, some chiropractors who hold a different view. And, uh, and uh, regardless, the rules are going to apply to everybody. Okay, what do you think of the situation with chiropractors, some of them anti-vax? Well, they're, they're, they've been known for their anti-vax views for years. Not all of them. Not all, of them. No, no, we're not talking all but of them. Some but, of them but some of them very senior in, in, the, in the organization. And some of them very vocal, yeah. um, but they're going to learn there's consequences to this. If they're not going to get vaccinated, if, if the mandate requires them to be vaccinated and they're not vaccinated, they're not going to be able to practice. Yeah. And, bottom line. All right, phone lines are open. It's Baldry's Beat, 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to your calls. John in Richmond. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Okay, look, I got a problem with a friend of mine. He went across the point. Roberts did not know he had to have the arrive can thing. Uh, they stopped him. They weren't going to let him through. And then they did the paperwork for him, and they let him in. Now, what I'd like to see the government do is take out a full two-page ad in the province or the Sun paper and show the people exactly step-by-step how they're supposed to put their name in, how they're supposed to get the picture of their vaccine in, and how they're supposed to get all the things done so they can go across. And the other thing wrong with this is, if you go across in the morning with your wife's car, and you go across in the afternoon with your uh, your car, you've got to do the same thing all over again with different code numbers. Okay, John, thank you for the call. There's been a lot of trouble with this ArriveCan app for people who may not be familiar with it or they may not be tech-savvy about an app on their mm-hmm. smartphone. I, I advise people before you travel, just make sure you understand. You've got that, that app on your phone and you know how, to, how it works. Do the research. Yeah. Don't expect the government to be there and necessarily explain everything. It's, it's incumbent on you. If you're going to travel internationally, you've got to do a bit of homework. Yeah, yeah, because I have received several emails. I know you have too from people yeah. who said they've had trouble with this ArriveCan app. You've got to have... you got to be ready to uh, to know how this system works or otherwise you're going to have hassles at the border libby in surrey hi good morning hi there hi there so flew in from uh, palm springs last night to yvr um on WestJet. Mm-hmm. total gong show um our baggage was at least 45 minutes coming up then my husband got randomly selected for a COVID test. Um, gets in the lineup. Half half the flight was in the lineup, randomly selected. Wow. Then uh, they make everybody register for fly clear before you get the COVID test. Mm-hmm. And like, what what's the point when you don't have to isolate or anything? So what's the point? Yeah, it's a it's a confusing situation. Uh, it's going to take some time to sort itself out as more and more people uh, begin to fly internationally. Again, they're slow in numbers right now. They're going to start increasing. The people are itching, I think, to get out there. Particularly interesting, she Libby makes uh, mentions Palm Springs. We've got a lot of Canadians go down to Palm Springs. Sure, and, I, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a confusing uh, and. Um, 
again, changing situation. It's not going to be static. Right. And the point to remember there is the United States was very prominently exempted from this mandatory uh, test requirement at the airport unless you're selected on, at random. Which is appears what happened to her husband. So well, Libby says half the half the passenger manifest <laughs> to be tested. That's a random. lot of random. That's a lot of randoms. That's a lot of randoms on one flight. <laughs> but just be aware of that. Yeah, there's no requirement to get tested at the airport if you're flying from the United States, unless you are selected for a random test, and then it's mandatory. You can't refuse it. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Leo in Sydney. Hi. Good morning. Thanks very much for taking my call. Sure. Um, Slightly off topic, but I want to ask Keith when he's going to ask our health minister, Adrian Dix, why he is still the only health minister in all of Canada who still allows our drugstores to sell cigarettes uh, uh, while they hypocritically uh, allow you to quit smoking for free. Uh, The last province to legislate cigarettes out of drugstores was Manitoba way back in 2013, we have gone through three health ministers and now Adrian Dix, who still hmm. have not brought that legislation into play. And I want to know why uh, people should be outraged to know that their tax money is going to a drugstore to help people quit for free when those drugstores are still uh, making profit from selling cigarettes. Okay, thanks for the call. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll ask Adrian Dix that. Well, I mean, look, th- there's, well, been, there's been pressure on the government on this, on this point for years. I mean, there is a very concerted lobby in British Columbia to do precisely what the caller just said, yeah. outlaw the sale of tobacco in drugstores. Now, you know, if, if Dix was here right now, they would say, like, we've got very strict rules around how, how cigarettes and tobacco products can be displayed mm-hmm. in a drugstore. They have to be hidden away, okay? You can't have any advertising. You, it's not like the old days where you can go up to, you go up to the, uh, the, the cash register and you see a wall of like, yeah. cigarettes behind you. That's not allowed anymore. But uh, it is an interesting point in a way because there has been pressure on the government for years to do this, uh, and, they, and they haven't done it. So interesting. Star 9898 on your cell is the number to call. Margaret in Kelowna, Hi. Hi there, how are you doing? I'm good, good Margaret, go ahead. Good. Uh, two things, first of all, is I have a friend that when they opened up the borders between uh, Montana, well, basically the, they, are, they were driving from Manitoba, or sorry, from Montana to Alberta, and when they went to go get their COVID test, because to come into Canada, it was a five-day wait to get the results because of the amount of traffic that was allowing now to go back and forth because the Canadians were going across and then, of course, they're trying to get these COVID tests. So there was a lot of stuff. So I don't know how you're going to do a one-day thing when they had problems with with having up to five days themselves. These are Americans. Thanks for the call. So technology is changing, and we have seen instances of, of a quicker turnaround of these PCR tests, and even the government testing every day, we, we're seeing quicker turnaround. So I'm not sure what at what time period that your friend's experience occurred. It did was the situation early on when we didn't know a lot about this. It did, did take a long time to turn around these tests. They seem to be quicker now, though. One of the things that uh, the feds and the, and the federal travel uh, transportation minister is accused of is that maybe the real reason they exempted the United States from this testing requirement at the airport is because they knew that it was going to be a gong show 
uh, because they don't have the capacity mm-hmm. at airports, and that's why they did it. Now, the official reason is, no, they didn't do it. They gave the United States an exemption because there's not a lot of Omicron variant has been detected in the United States. That's the official reason. Well, that's, but it could that's be changed. Today, that could, that's going to change very quickly. I mean, we're seeing that change in Europe. We're seeing that change in Africa. Omicron is very infectious, so those numbers are going to explode.